don't drop it this time. <laughs> okay, it's good. No, no dropping it. I'm just teasing. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm your boy Bees, and I am Big B, and this is episode 49 of Valkyrie Banzer, and. It's a good one. Yeah, we're almost, good, well, it's a good almost one. at 50 episodes. Yeah, so we are almost at 50. 50. You gonna do something special? Well, I'm not sure, honestly. Oh, fuck. Well, yeah, now we feel so we kind of have to, doesn't we? <laughs> fuck. Now we introduced the idea. That is a big milestone. <laughs> My lord. Well, I mean, well, another big milestone, because, like, you were our first guest, weren't you? I was. That is true. I was the first um, guest. Oh, man. Oh, over a year ago, it would have been. Has it been a year? It's been over a yeah, year. It, has been. It, it would have been around the time of Thanksgiving back in 2020 because yeah, that was the whole, we talked about the whole story of me getting too drunk at my parents' yeah. place on oh, the shots right. before food because the the episode was uh, alcohol burns because of the my fucking <laughs> almost killing myself apparently or at least hospitalization. <laughs> Fuck, oh, stupid. Oh, but year that's wild. Yeah, it's. <laughs> bonkers well i guess it, it makes sense i mean if we we roughly we do this like once a week well years like 50 yeah and even the and then yeah we probably don't do every week well yeah that's the thing too yeah this towards this last little while a few months there's been a lot of missed weeks mm-hmm. unfortunately and that's i'll say that's largely on me because <laughs> i just have shit happening otherwise in my life and it was uh, a lot of stress and other shit to have to deal with oh, so yeah. but um you know, it's not too bad. I'm out of a lot of that now. I'm coming up on a vacation here soon. Oh, hell yeah. Have a lot of free time for that. We got that fucking uh, next week from now. We got that fucking Christmas party coming up, oh, too. Oh, yeah. That'll be some fun. Yeah, that will be some fun. But what about you, Dingo? What you got going on? For the holidays? Or uh, even just in general? We haven't seen you for a bit. Yeah, it has been a while since we've had you uh, on here. I mean... In my life has just been uh, house shopping. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that is <laughs> for, for that what is I from what I hear. Thing to hear yeah, with I, today's uh, market. Uh, yeah, um, all I can think of is like a year and a half ago. There's this one house that's just like perfect for me, and I was just someone bid fifteen thousand over me, and I didn't oh, get it. Oh fuck damn. damn! And it's just, but that was when the house was like roughly four hundred and seventy thousand. Oh yeah. That's probably and that right. house would be like seven hundred, late six hundred now. Now <laughs> Jesus. In a year. Yeah, like Christ that house almighty. was just that's insane. And it's not too far from where I currently am. And every time I leave my house, I see that house and just think, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Could have been mine. Could have been all mine. Why didn't I put more money? <laughs> the guy's just out like mowing his lawn. You're driving by. Just give him that like Luigi stare. The like the angry stern fucking just and you just got the fist up like you motherfucker. And, and he's just like scared and nervous. Like who's this fucking man? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> It's this fucking dude. He's. I mean, I don't think I've done anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if he, th- if they thought I hated them. <laughs> <laughs> Just staring at I my w- window. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked to suspect that they knew some shit was up. Because I'm definitely giving some angry looks. Oh man. Oh no. But yeah, it's it is insane. Like today's housing market. Just like 
the prices, like stuff's going for, like the yeah. uh, offers that are being turned down just because people, they know they can get more money. Yeah, like there's oh, many insane. times where they set a date for, uh, or they hold offers until a certain date, and then a few days before, you know what? We're just gonna do it tomorrow because we have like ten offers already. We're good. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, that was like that whole fucking thing because there was um, Fly was gonna be getting this one property, um, and the whole thing was like uh, Valentine and I were gonna move in. And we were going to basically stay there, and yeah. they were just going to charge us, like, the same thing we're basically paying for rent now. Yeah. We would have had, like, a whole house to ourselves. Yeah. It was a very good deal, and the whole thing just relied on them getting the place. Yeah. And it was on, like, a good location, everything else is a good place. Um, like, everything we saw of it looked really, really good. Um Especially concerning where we're yeah. at right now. <laughs> um, but we... Basically, the whole thing was uh, it was closed bidding, and basically by the end of it, they got outbid by somebody. I think by like like forty or fifty k. Wow! Oh, that's nothing. It was. I mean, I guess it depends on when this happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a bit <laughs> earlier in twenty twenty. I okay, think, but it was. Okay, it yeah. was still pretty. Yeah, still I pretty guess bonkers. around that time, that would have been a pretty substantial sum. Uh, I think. Good two, lord, that's almost weeks. frightening now. That that seemed like a big deal to me, especially even at the time, because I remember she was even like, holy fuck, like, this is ridiculous. Two weeks ago, I went to look at a house. The house was, it was okay, it just needed a lot of work. It was one of those houses where if you had the skills to work on it yourself and put in the time, that would have been a great property. Mm. Uh, it was at, the asking price was 500 k Okay. just, Okay. Unfortunately, those are skills I do not possess, and, it, and in this market, it's very expensive to get all those changes done, and you have to bid over to even have any chance, and it's like, it's probably not worth it. Yeah, because we are going to have to spend so much just to get the place, and yeah. then for yep. everything you'd have to spend otherwise. I mean, it might be a little cheaper if you do it yourself, but I mean, yeah. if you don't think you're that calm, like... Yeah, if, if you yeah. don't, if you want to make sure it's done right, yeah, exactly. you know, like if you don't think you can do it yourself, then what do you do, right? Yeah, like I've I mean, seen properties where it's obvious the homeowners try to do some things themselves, and you can tell, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this is kind of shoddy work. <laughs> but yeah. I will say for this property, it's like this, like good location and everything else looks good. It's just it needs a lot of update. So I didn't okay. go into it. I see. The house sold. For six hundred and fifty thousand, a hundred and fifty thousand over asking price. Wow, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Jesus. And this is a house that needs a good amount of work. needs work still. <laughs> yes. Holy frick, that's bonkers. Yeah. I was like, that's bananas. That, that's the market I'm in. That, that is that's <laughs> first insane. time home buyers. You're screwed. <laughs> you really are. You can't compete with that. Yeah, no, that's not unless you just have like a fuckload of money, basically. Essentially, and I've saved quite a sum at this point oh, after like two or three that. years oh I, yeah I bet. yeah but it's just one of those things where like even with a huge down payment you just you can't outbid that <laughs> yeah goodness that's insane yeah and it's funny because i actually did get an accepted offer like a month ago oh really yeah mm -hmm. uh, it was for a condo that was still being built but was going to be completed in, like the next month or so okay okay and I got it. I think I only did like ten thousand over asking, and it ended up being like five hundred thirty or something. But it was a very nice condo, I will say, or at least it was going to be a very nice condo. Uh, oh. It's going to be oh. two stories. 
uh, with like three bedrooms, two bathrooms. Nice. Okay. And just from everything I saw, looking very fantastic. And condo fees were very low because there was no facilities or anything. It was just the place. Okay. But the real estate, uh, not the real estate agent, but the the selling agent was very shady. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. She, 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 maybe shady's not the right word, but sketchy? he did. Or like. He did a lot of things that very much made made me not want to continue with the business. It was just essentially promising, oh, there's going to be all these upgrades coming with the place and stuff. And then when you get the paperwork, none of that's on the paperwork. Okay. Uh, and then there, uh, later in the end, there's an amendment to the contract saying, hey, this place is going to be considered a condo until like April or May. and But you're going to be required to move in and pay rent until that time comes. And I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that seems and it's not like, on the like, up and up. And I, like talking, it's like, this isn't like uncommon, I guess, but it's just something that was not told up front. And I was like, uh. I've been, you've led me astray more than once right now at this yeah. point. Like, I don't want to continue this. This is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that seems a little sketch. But the condo was looking real. Guys, I'm telling you. <laughs> I was tempted. Was it on, yeah. on like waterfront property or like? Oh no, no nothing like that. But uh, it was just like from looking at what the finished product was going to be because it was like examples of oh, something yeah. more finished. It was looking like it was gonna be very nice and new and everything. I was like, this is hmm. amazing. Yeah, it's definitely not the greatest thing when you hear all these like potential upgrades or whatever, yeah. and none of it's in the written work. Yeah. The stuff that matters. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay. Oh, okay. It's too many like inconsistencies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, to say it's rough out there, guys. <laughs> Goodness. Well, at least you can take a break from all that and come hang out here with oh, us yeah. on our uh, indoor balcony, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's she getting a little chillier. Out. Yeah, it's, it's getting a little cold. Be a little hard to tr- I mean, we still have to eventually try and actually record oh, one yeah. out on the balcony, <laughs> but uh, it's not going to be tonight. But maybe, you know, maybe we'll brave the cold one night. Oh, maybe soon. one of these nights. We'll get some, some hot chocolate or something, sit out there, do like a Christmas thing. <laughs> Annoying us, we'll plan on that night and it'll end up being a fucking blizzard, but we'll still try and commit. And it'll just be a bad All you hear is the wind. Yeah, <laughs> that, honestly, hey I would guys. probably pretty much preclude that. But I mean, you know, it'd be nice if it were just like a nice, like, snowy night and oh, yeah. still kind of air and just the big flurries coming down. Yeah. That'd be a nice vibe sitting out oh, there yeah. recording. Oh, that'd be like oh. a little fight hip hop scene. Exactly. Right <laughs> <laughs> absolutely oh. you just record a little like video loop of us just sitting there fucking vibing oh, I get that'd be good we'd have to have dingo there for that there'd be no question put it on uh, Christmas hat. put it on zoo's music yeah oh, oh my god yeah, actually that's not a bad that's actually not a bad idea <laughs> low-key e- easy music video right there. Zoo i'm sure could make a killer christmas hit <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get him on it where's the blackbird bell yeah, like, yeah, christmas, christmas album, album. <laughs> we uh, certainly know you've made it big <laughs> <laughs> when you 
you release a Christmas album. <laughs> or if, I could, if I fucking see him later this weekend, which I think is going to be the case, we're going to have to let him know he's going to have to listen to this episode. <laughs> the fan, this is what the fans want to hear. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's what they're demanding. I want my Christmas lo-fi, dude. <laughs> you, have to, you have to sing every track, though. It's, it's got to be like really good lo-fi renditions of all the hits. I want to see you bust out your best Mariah Carey impression. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's got to do all of it. I know you've got it in you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one that got oh, Dingo. Yes, I can imagine it now. <laughs> I can see him going for yeah. it. I can see him going like for it, it for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we love you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It is an interesting scene, like, uh, the smaller, like, kind of uh, music artists. Because um, another one of my friends has actually started up a another band. Oh, okay, interesting. And in only, like, the half year he's, like, like they've been doing this, they have, like, roughly 25, I think, thousand, I want to say, monthly listeners. Really? Yeah. That's, that's nothing yeah, to sneeze yeah, that's at. Like, wow. That's pretty good. Damn. What, like, uh, you know, what, like, what kind of genre? Like, what are you uh, talking here? Again, um, it's indie. Uh, I, don't, I think it's just like normal indie music. Okay. I, don't, I don't think it's like indie pop or just like, it's just indie. Okay. Yeah. It's like more like a rock kind of thing or like, uh, a, like what kind of instrumentation? Like, I'm just trying to get a vibe. Um, well, I know that they do a drum, uh, they have a drummer. Oh, that's the guy I'm friends with, actually. Okay, yeah. Um,. But, like, just, like, all the tools that's, like, out there. Because, like, he's told me about, like, these, like, uh, websites and, like, different, like, hubs that, like, uh, try to promote small artists like that. Right, yeah. There's definitely resources out there for sure. But it's not something I know a lot about, Mm -hmm. I guess. Because it's, I mean, I don't really deal with a whole lot of music making myself, (laughs) at least at this point. Uh, it's something I've been kind of curious about, and it's something I've talked with Zoo a little bit about here and there. But uh, it's not something I've devoted a lot of time to. I'm still trying to. I'm still pretty focused on a lot of the, the visual stuff, yeah, the yeah. drawing and stuff. So I have had like interest, like myself, like trying to even like make like a small beat or whatever, just try to like make something. Yeah, you should definitely go yeah. for it, man. Oh yeah, it'd be sick to see you get into that. <laughs> I like you seem to have like a real interest for like the editing and stuff, and like that sort of process. Yeah, like, I, I could see you getting into that like electronic music yeah. production of some sort, mm-hmm. there's like beat making, or you know, you're making some other kind of like electronic music or something like that. Like, yeah, I, I could see you getting into that. Oh, it's br- yeah, it's funny you bring that up because I do enjoy like kind of like the editing scene. Just, like, uh, bringing, like, either your ideas or someone else's ideas, like, to life. Whether it be, like, a funny YouTube video or, yeah, like, a serious music video. Or the show. Yeah, or the show. (laughs) (laughs) How's that for meta? (laughs) Oh, that's pretty good. It's not too bad. Oh, no, don't fuck with the cables. We don't want to lose fucking... Did you unhook me, hook you in? Oh, yeah. No, oh, no, it, it was... Uh, I, I forgot the top it doesn't work, so yeah. I was like, oh, wrong one. Yeah, if I was hooked in and you unhooked me, that's okay. My, oh, no, you were already My machine unhooked. is at, like, full power, so... Wait, so I was unhooked, but you were in the top one, so why, just, why was I unhooked then? Oh, because... Um, I'm, I just messed up. <laughs> I, I was confused because I, I hooked you, hooked me in by putting but, the top around. Oh, <laughs> I see. It was just a just one of those things. It, it wasn't that you didn't know. It was just poor aim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it. 
you, you roll to insert the plug into the outlet. And you, and I failed. You failed the roll. It's like a Dungeon and Dragon move. Roll the dice. <laughs> oh, that hurts. That hurts. Oh man, man, we were we've been getting on that train lately with. Oh, the, you, you said you had the your blades own here going. Last oh, little bit, yeah. We've been getting way back into it. Oh yeah, now we'll. we'll I mean, we had like maybe like once a month, maybe two twice a month. It, and now it's kind of like a weekly thing, which I'm gonna say I like. Yeah, no, I've been really enjoying the the frequency yeah. of it. Um, it's it's been a fun time. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, who's who's usually the dungeon master? That would be our boy Didgeridoo. Stew. Oh, he's nice. uh, I think I've talked about it on the show before, but yeah, he's he's a really good GM. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh, it's. I take notes from him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely shit where yeah, it's it's crazy. Just he's especially like just the like thinking on his feet and oh, like yeah. when we like we'll throw something at him we're like okay yeah i can work with that <laughs> like let's let's go and we this whole thing and it just it's is it just good at like kind of like describing the scene like making you kind of feel like more immersed or oh he, he's great at that too <laughs> oh yeah for yes. sure but it, yeah it's also just like guiding the story just as we kind of go like thinking on his feet and like the, like something will happen and then it, it may be something unexpected or like we'll say like we want to do something that maybe he didn't necessarily plan for kind of yeah. thing but he'll he'll find a way to work with it and make yeah. it feel natural like oh that's cool it's uh in the world and stuff too <laughs> which i i real i didn't realize until the last session we had but i think that was actually from what he's mentioned was actually from a um a quiet year yeah. uh, campaign which was interesting oh, yeah. to learn about because isn't that game like involve like world building yeah. elements and stuff uh, i don't know a ton about it but from what i recollect of it because i did kind of like delve into it for like a day essentially it's this like almost like card game where essentially collectively one person like flips over a card and it's like hey you have to either incorporate one of these two things and sometimes it's like okay this incident happens why did it happen and what are the results because of this hmm, interesting and that's okay. essentially how you build the world just upon these questions that's pretty cool yeah. i mean i would be interested in uh tackling that at some point because man the the world that we're in feels very fleshed out but i feel like a it, it was interesting kind of realizing that that's where it came from because it was like oh so that's where a lot of this detail probably arose yeah. from too which i mean still obviously a lot of creative input from Stu on that but it was interesting to know that like it, it was really neat for me i guess because now we're, we have this whole campaign there's this whole history that's developed yeah. from our playthrough in this world but it's also knowing that like all these other people had already built a lot of what was yeah. there initially were just kind of like the next phase of it but it's in like a completely different game in a completely different context than what it was when they yeah. had played through it right so it's it, it's interesting yeah I, oh, and i remember he mentioned like there's like these mechanized spires that kind of like handle the farming and that that was developed while the original guys were playing the quiet year and it's like wow that's a super cool detail yeah it's just (laughs) it's it's real interesting it's super cool stuff yeah but i feel like the blades in the dark the i guess the rule set that we play for this game compared to dungeon dragons is very much more impromptu uh in terms of like when you fail or succeed just how wild things can get I, yeah, I just like certain what consequences can happen 
It's and so then, I it's so good in my opinion. Yeah. I actually I really really love the system. Oh, I do too. It, it's because that's the thing. Like something like Pathfinder or D and D, even like D and D five E's maybe not uh, quite as much in terms of like comparing it to Pathfinder now because I know Pathfinder's a, definitely a lot more like it's a lot more crunchy as yes. a system. And that like that's the thing. Like I I don't mind that, and I get why there's some people who really like that. I I can see the appeal, but I also really like something like this that's a lot smoother, I mm-hmm. guess. Like, it's it's just, you're not, like, doing all these things for, like, determining, you know, like, oh, am I in range to do this? Yeah. You know, do I, uh, I have to do this check and this check and, you know, the other saving roll and whatever. This is just basically, you're like, I'm going to try to do this thing. And then there's the precedent of, like, okay, well, how risky is the situation you're in? And with the positioning that you're in, how likely are you to get, like, a really good or maybe not so good outcome from what you're going to try to do? And then you're just picking your skill and you're rolling a set of dice. And the way it works is you basically, you're rolling, like, a pool of dice for whatever skill it is from, like, one to four. If you have zero, then you're basically, because you roll one to four, depending on how many you have in the skill, take the highest value. If you have zero, it means you don't have any skills, you roll disadvantage, you roll two dice, you take the lowest value. But the idea is that the measure of success is always going to keep you on your feet. And it's basically like, the way I kind of look at it is it's basically like a heist situation where, but not not a heist situation where everything goes flawlessly. This isn't like Ocean's 13, this is like shit is going wrong and you have to adapt at every corner because even though you're pulling off what you need to pull off, shit is still going to keep happening and coming at you and flipping things on its head and forcing you to have to change up how you're approaching things because the way the system works is you're rolling d6s for everything. And the way that the roll results work, 1 to 3 is a failure. You just, you can, you eat shit. You didn't do it, <laughs> nice. and there's going to be some sort of consequence. You roll 4 or 5, you succeed at what you're trying to do, but it's a partial success. So you succeed, but there's a consequence. So something bad okay. still will happen, but you'll still get the benefit of the success. So it'd be something like, oh, you take a shot at this guy, and you you hit him, and you you do the damage that you're doing to him, and you know maybe he glances off his shoulder kind of thing, right? But then the shot goes back and ricochets off something else and hits something and then that causes like some other shit to happen like breaks open this window and this toxic dust starts like blasting in or something from from outside right and then it's like then you have to deal with that now so you still got the guy but now you have this other problem that's arisen now too that changes the situation and it's that you always have to keep on your feet because then the only way you can get a pure success is if you roll a six. Uh, that makes sense. Which means that 50% odds with any one dice that you'll succeed at what you're doing. So you're not failing super often, but it's like it's a one in it's like a one in like six chance that you'll actually just succeed without something biting you in the ass though. See that I do like kind of uh, a mechanic of a game like that because like. Like you said, like you, it forces you to adapt to new situations, um, and yeah, just kind of like it kind of ensures that like no playthrough is the same. Yeah, exactly. Because then they add all these extra um, like mechanics on top of that. Because you have your stress bar, which tripped me up. I think a little bit when I first played it, because I'm used to games where like the stress thing will like it'll tick up a lot from things like inflicting yeah. stress damage. But that's not really what it is in this. It's more like 
it's kind of like a stamina meter, but it's more like it fills up as you do things that stress you out. Okay. And so then it basically causes you to, if you build up too much, you'll stress out and you'll basically like collapse and pass out and you'll yeah. be like out for the session, basically. So the whole idea, though, is that there's a bunch of things you can do that generally will require you to spend stress or could risk spending stress. And the idea is that they can allow you certain benefits. So you can do, like, the, the big main one is you can push yourself. So you spend two stress, and then you basically get an, either an extra die to your roll, or you can increase the effect, which just basically means the result will be that much better when you, uh, whether you, if you do manage to succeed. Okay. So, and that's another thing, too, because you can also crit roll as well if you roll two sixes in a pool, and then that'll give you increased effect as well. But you can also do, like, you can set someone else up, so you can do, like, an action that will, like, basically allow the other person to I think it's like they maybe get an extra die or increased yeah, it, effect it, yeah, I think yeah either one of the two yeah so you can do like an action to like help set up someone else to have like a better uh, like chance at doing something else they need to do because maybe they have a better skill level in something that that okay. would allow you to do what you're trying to achieve because um, maybe it's like they're trying to like do something and it's like oh, if only I could just, like, I, I really need to nail this in this situation, but, like, I don't know if I can quite get it, but it's like, well, if I set you up for this, then you can pull it off, right? And But there's also things, too, around, like, the whole system of risk, because the riskier it is, you can actually start to gain XP and stuff for, like, growing your skills, because if you do rolls when you're in, like, what's called desperate position, then you basically will gain experience points for that, so there's things you can actually do to put yourself in a desperate position, like, intentionally, which is risky, though, of course, yeah. Because, kind of yeah, because the riskier it is, it also means like the more harm you suffer or like you risk suffering for a failure, which yeah. is yeah, it gets it gets <laughs> dicey, but also the ghosts. That's that's a whole that that is I think the one of the big things that like really throws it on its head because you with this being such a criminal like because that's the whole thing with Blades is all like criminal organizations basically oh, okay. and that's the thing because we all have like our character sheets like what you'd expect for a lot of games like this but we also have crew sheet like a sheet that represents our organization too and its level and abilities and like what we have at our disposal okay. um and we're we're basically drug dealers. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where we went. We we could have been assassins. We could have been like smugglers. We could have been uh, like weird ghost cult shit. We could have could have just we could have we basically just could have been a street gang. But we, we chose to be drug dealers. <laughs> we decided we wanted a breaking <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> Except it's like whale monster blood. <laughs> Something like basically. that. Basically. Oh. Big sea monster blood that we turned into drugs. <laughs> um, that's... <laughs> We gotta get stupid on again for an episode. Just getting to explain the world more. Honestly, that would be probably pretty interesting for people. Maybe they start introducing people to this, and then we can just like we'll we'll just start recording the sessions and put that out there. Oh, maybe someday we could do something like that. Maybe not for Blades, like our our campaign necessarily, but like a a different thing would be cool. I think that'd be really cool. Like that's definitely like a format that's getting popular. A hundred percent. Well, with like, what was it? Critical Role yeah, is the sh the show, and it, Adventure Zone, of course, the McElroys. Yeah. Critical Role, yeah. I believe. And I got. Do you remember there was like that uh, Twitch leak? Uh, mm, last few yeah, weeks? I think. I th yeah, yeah. I think Critical Role had the highest gross mm. of all like streaming accounts. Wow, that's yeah, nuts. They, they, 
like any time they're doing like a live episode, they're almost getting like a hundred k. Well, D and D now is like yeah. super mainstream. Yes. Like any, you can go so many places now and just see like D and D memes and shit and people yeah. talking about playing it. Yeah. Like it's, it's not like a. <laughs> It's not the nerd like the the nerdy thing it yes. once was, right? So I honestly have noticed a bit of on rise of like D and D content. Yeah, like you said, like memes posted randomly, yeah. like uh, like funny uh, moments videos like on YouTube. It's like, well, okay, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just interesting how these trends can like kind of pick up out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, wild. it's <laughs> it is. I, I think in a way too it's just it's sort of like a nostalgia for some of that type of thing but it's also just I don't know yeah like I don't know I feel like I part of me had an idea of why it might be but the more I think about it I don't exactly know why it it picked up the way that it did but like I, I understand like it's it's a good format and maybe it's just people recognizing that kind of finally but one one yeah. thing I can kind of maybe attribute to that is like technology has like gotten a lot better obviously because yeah. since like way back in the day because it was you um, know that's yeah there's like a bit of technology back in the day obviously but it was like mostly like pen or pencil paper and 90% like imagination it's a lot easier to get into now it's, yeah whereas technology yeah it kind of visualizes it a lot more yeah it's easier to get get into yeah. I think that's kind of like one attributing factor to it and you know what honestly I would say probably shows like Critical Role and other things that have been doing a lot of that tabletop gaming yeah. stuff and bringing that to places like YouTube or the podcasting space and stuff have probably done a lot to help with that too like introduce people and kind of like get them in in a way that like they don't necessarily have to get into it themselves in terms of like getting into playing yeah. it, but they can get an idea of what the experience mm-hmm. is and kind of see the appeal and, and kind of understand where that's coming from too. Yeah, like use Critical Role as like an example. It's almost like a with the budget they have, it's almost like a weird TV show at this point. Huh, TV series. Interesting. Like, hmm. it, like if you, I somewhat follow it, they're essentially on their quote-unquote season three. Huh. So it's like it's essentially their third game that they're running. I mean, that's almost like what Adventure Time is basically yeah. on now, where they all do all the different seasons and different oh, yeah. game worlds and stuff. They, I, I remember though, these guys were doing it like five, six years ago or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like, I know Critical Role has been around a while. Yeah, mm. and like I remember, like I see the videos on YouTube and just the difference in budget and technology from when they first started to now is just wild. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just say You get started getting the money and you can start yeah. throwing stuff at it. And it's easier now to do those kinds of yeah. effects and stuff like that and that kind of production level than it was back then too. So, man. We gotta start getting in on this market. We gotta start getting in. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, no. I mean, I would be down at some point. Yeah. I like I said, I, I was showing you some of those sketches earlier. Yeah. I have some ideas kind of poking around mm-hmm. in my head that I'm mm-hmm. playing around with, uh, just sort of like world building. So I always like world building <laughs> shit. I love, but I get so like lost in like these yes. uh, different concepts that oh, I have yeah. for different things, and it's like. It becomes too overwhelming, I guess, to a point. Yeah, sometimes. Or it's just like I'll start working on one for a bit, and then I won't work on it as hard and seriously as I probably should, and then my attention shifts to something else. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it just keeps cycling around for a while. Yeah, like everything I hear about in terms of world building is just to start out smaller and just like have like... 
everything that is essential for like the first few sessions and then build it out as you go and honestly i think that's a good approach and maybe where i should kind of try to go with this because i think that could be something that you could do that with pretty easily and have some fun with it too because the the basically if i guess i'll do the little sort of pitch for the idea <laughs> I, I wasn't planning on talking about this on the show but fuck it let's go for it it, it basically the idea is uh and try uh, i'll give you a hint dingo try and guess what game maybe inspired some of the idea of where this is coming from there's a few things but there, there's one thing in particular and i'm sure you'll probably piece it out oh, as we go i already know i feel like i might know too but i'm interested to see if you think it's what uh We'll see. So basically, the whole the whole idea, because I really like not having like human characters involved in stuff, and just dealing with characters and creatures that are completely non-human. So this would basically center on everybody playing as like little diminutive creatures, like think like little goblin people yeah. type, something like that. Like I wouldn't call any of them like any actual like traditional fantasy names but there's obviously going to be some things yeah. inspired by things i like so like you know little little goblin dudes like little elf people little like some little weird gnomes like the big pointy hat yeah. bearded little gnomes like that type of deal little like mushroom men frog dudes oh, yeah. got you know <laughs> um different shit like that uh little, like rodent people and all of them living in this like vast completely underground um society where there's all these different like weird underground biomes and stuff mm. some of them like lush green others like almost kind of like big boreal like underground forests where the trees are okay. in some areas like just growing up and attaching to the ceilings but it's all just like pine tree like coniferous growth coming off yeah. there big like mushroom filled halls all these different places and weird secret areas but also just a fuckload of danger because they're all just little tiny yes. not, not not tiny but like in most cases pretty diminutive and in some cases like i've been toying around with ideas of like really really small creatures that you could potentially even play as too is like all in this party but it's all like overall still like a very like i would be pulling on a lot of like generally high fantasy yeah. concepts but just it, it's this weird chaotic land of just all kinds of crazy shit like it's not necessarily entirely cohesive but it's it's meant to just be this world that's like <clears throat> there's basically the idea be there's a lot of weird magic shit yeah. with like these like ancient like deity beings and like weird spirits and stuff that like inhabit the world but it's entirely like they have no concept of the surface like they've yeah. never seen the surface there's if there is one no nobody knows where it is it's they kind of talk about rumors of like the place that you know is above the the ceiling, but yeah. they don't really have a concept of what that would or could yeah. be, and there's no knowledge of where it would have been. Like the the their like creation myth is basically like a seed planted in the middle of the world, yeah. and all of the earth and rock that broke open. This giant worm was born out of it that dug the world. Yeah. And in the slime that it left in its wake basically gave birth to all the life that is within the caves now, okay. including the other gods that basically came with and helped shape everything that would come. I'm still sort of sorting out the yeah. creation myth type deal, but it's just there's a lot of weird shit like the little 
and this is probably where you might start to see the, the resemblance. Like, there was a little, like, wizard dudes that I had on there. They would be, like, probably one of the biggest threats in the world just because they're basically this, like, weird cult of, like, mysterious wizards that nobody really understands what they're up to. But, and they don't really communicate, and they're just incredibly violent. But they're, they seem to have, like, some sort of... Like, it seems like they're up to something, but nobody has really been able to piece or understand what they're up to because they're just extremely hostile. But they're equipped with powerful magic wands that these creatures, like, they they have magic and they can utilize some magic abilities, but not on this level. This is, like, powerful, like, black magics that they're basically okay. able to wield. Like... It would be on an order of magnitude in some cases. Like, they, they vary in power. They're not all, like, as consistently, like, brutal. But some on, like, the higher scale could basically cast a lightning bolt that would be, like, a massive explosion yeah. when it lands. That would, like... It, it could... They could take on, like, an army themselves, <laughs> basically, in some cases. Yeah. But there's also, like, the, the Bloodthirster Knights that I showed <laughs> you. Which, I that one I, I do have to do a full drawing of. Because that was... I, it, it's basically like some Bloodborne Souls-esque yeah. type shit, but mm. it would be basically these big, tall, like, slender knights in armor that are, like, they have these big pointed, like, beaked helms yeah. and stuff with all these holes, but they're just, like, dripping and, like, covered in blood, in some cases probably more dried than, like, wet, but they, they're just, like, these crazed, like, bloodthirsty maniacs that just, they, they don't really... They can't be reasoned with, and they're surprisingly strong for how like frail they look physically. But they and their whole thing is that they drink blood, of course. So, but it'd be I, I had this idea of them in this like big like labyrinth set of halls that are like this like obsidian glass, and they're just kind of like wandering around, and it's like just imagining putting people in that scenario where they're like, oh yeah, you, you just happen to stumble into this situation, and then like, oh yeah, by the way. There's these big horrible things that are just gonna try and fuck you up, oh, no. uh, yeah, so shit like that. But I think it could be interesting, and I have neat ideas for some of the like player character yeah. creatures. Like there's um, this sort of like line of like fungal people um, that I'm thinking yeah. out, and I have because I think with some of the races, what I'm going to do is like you have like the general race, and this is like sort of like this one species basically, but then there's different variations of yeah. them even though they're still kind of the same so like with the fungal people there would be like three different variations where you would have one that are like they would have more like a mushroom cap kind yeah. of head what you would expect like a really classic kind of thing but they'd be these like really big burly ones it'd be like one of the biggest like of the ra like yeah. races that you could be and they're a lot of the fungal ones they are not particularly intelligent yeah uh they're they're very simple they, they their communication level is like they can do very simple phrases. They don't really understand like a lot of like more complicated yeah. turns of phrase and stuff. But and their their whole society is kind of weird too because they like they they have like a weird connection with each other uh, that other races don't necessarily have. So some of them form into like these like colony groups in certain areas of like the, this huge underground cave world. But others will also then just kind of go off on their own. Like, they, they have autonomy, but they also, a lot of them sort of tend to group together yeah. in, in, a lot of, in a lot of cases. But they, uh, a lot of them have slightly different sort of abilities. But this, these big ones are 
particularly kind of slow. Like they're they're just kind of like these big lumbering oafs, but they are quite strong uh, for what they are. And then there's like the next one down, and they. I'm still trying to think of exactly what kind of mushroom it would be, but it, right now, kind of think of the ones that like they have like the more flat kind of top to them and stuff. And these would be kind of probably the most intelligent of the three variations, but their um, their whole thing because all of them have a because and this is a really interesting thing I learned about actually was mycelium. Do you know either of you know no, about no. that? So in forests, there are these huge networks underground of fungal uh, growths, which is basically in this case would be mycelium, and it forms this huge underground network connecting a lot of plant life, basically. And it, it becomes like a thing where like it, it actually helps like regulate the ecosystem. Like if certain things happen in some areas, it almost like redirects things to other locations. Like, it's actually pretty bonkers. Yeah. And this is the thing. These fungal creatures have connections to areas where, like, there's a lot of mycelium growth within the caves. Not everywhere, because some areas are going to be a lot more rocky or disconnected from that. But there are places where that could be the case. And these ones in particular would, because I'm sort of thinking of every racial, like, variant even having, like, its own kind of unique ability that players can kind of utilize. And this one in particular would have, like, basically the ability to like manipulate like certain areas of like forestry and stuff like that by like basically like manipulating the mycelium to like control the like earth like kind of like like a natural inclination towards like druidism and stuff like that which would be a thing i would sort of pull on like culturally with their like uh purely like fungal like community kind of thing um and then the other one is the most bonkers one and I think would be like the most wild for someone to play (laughs) because you would basically start initially as one really tiny like almost think like Pikmin sized like little fungal dude Um, I'm trying to think of the the type of um, oh it's like a a one that I know like I think mainly came from Japan initially this type of fungus it's like little thin like white it's got like a little little like cap kind of head to it but they grow in these like big like strands of them all grouped together I can't think of the fucking uh, name of it right now Eh, I'll think of it later, and then I'll be like, God fucking damn it, I can't believe I couldn't remember that. Just an end on the podcast, <laughs> it's this. <laughs> yeah, if I fucking remember, I'll, I'll definitely call it out. But it'd be sort of like the, I'd visually try to like represent it similar to that, but it'd just be with one tiny little one. Yeah. But the whole thing is, its ability would be that it could basically spread spores. And it would be able to spread spores onto other, basically anywhere, and it would be able to grow new copies of itself, basically. And the whole idea is that these creatures would have, like, an even more intense, like, uh, connection, like, uh, between each other, even, like, non-physically. So these would basically, it's like a colony life form that has, like, a single hive mind and personality and stuff. So you could basically, and the whole thing is that if you spread the spores onto other living things, like plants and particularly, like, other living creatures and stuff, even if they're dead, something that they can use as food, they'll grow even faster. So the idea is that, like, you could basically... I I think there are probably, like, some upper limit I would have to set is, like, they can't really go beyond this point, otherwise they kind of... they they, The communication thing starts to kind of fall apart and they kind of start to, like... Uh, get confused and it's not really manageable. So maybe something like that just to keep it balanced. But they can basically build up like a whole bunch of them. It becomes this like 
cluster of fucking little mushroom dudes that can, like, do all kinds of weird shit. But that, I mean, like, I have plans, too, for, like, a slime race where you can just be, like, this... Not, not like, shape-shifting, but you can, like, shift your body shape and all this other, like, funky stuff, but... You could be like a sword wielding slime dude, <laughs> venturing around the caves. Yeah, no, that, yeah, it's almost like you are playing. I mean, it's not the same thing, but you're, like, you're playing like the villain's minions essentially, but you're the heroes, I guess. <laughs> In a sense, but there, like there is no like. Well, I mean, there there's villains, but you're not like necessarily like the villain group. Like, I, I kind of have this idea yeah. of like this central faction that's like. Not we even say I guess it'd be kind of a faction, but it'd be like this sort of like united group of all these different like disparate races and stuff that have kind of come together as one community, and it'd be kind of like the biggest, most central one. But then there's all these other like splinter communities of different like usually like a community of this race or maybe sometimes unions of like a few different ones, but for the most part, it's like a lot of like just individual kingdoms that are kind of like no, we don't want the unity that you guys have over there kind of thing. Uh, but then you have all these other groups, like these cults that, like, they want to try and go and, like, do an exodus and dig up and try to find the surface. And some keep digging down. And digging down, there's weirder and weirder shit, but there's also weird shit going up, too. And, and basically in every direction. But there's, there's a lot of other, like, there's a lot of areas that are more explored and a bit more safe. And there's other areas that are a lot more dangerous that have, like, big bone giants. <laughs> and okay. shit like that uh which that's that's a whole other thing but yeah like i i think there's a lot of interesting stuff you could do with it and it'd be interesting i it's something i want to try and do in like a tabletop rpg setting but i want to i gotta figure out what system i want to use for it too and that'd be the other thing yeah because like i can't see like dungeons and dragons or pathfinder because what i when i mentioned like almost like the evil villains minions I was thinking more in terms of, like, strength, because it doesn't seem like these species would be very strong, I guess, compared to, like, if you're comparing, like, humans and elves and, like, traditional high fantasy. Well, because that, that would be the thing, because some threats would definitely be a lot more of a challenge and almost kind of yeah. a, like, should we fight our way through this or should we find, like, another way around this yeah. and problem-solve our way kind of through it more so... But other threats too, like there, there would be a lot of like infighting too between these different races. So you you would be fighting other creatures that would be on the same kind of, like like yeah, you would have like these battles where you, like I, I almost picture like in some cases like big battlefields where they're having like wars and stuff like that in some cases too. So you you could be fighting like you know be a little goblin dude fighting some other big like like I said the big mushroom dudes like they. The, the bigger, like, cap-head ones, like, they, they, like, I, I picture, like, I was kind of, like, having thoughts of, like, a party where you'd have him as, like, a big, like, barbarian-type yeah. dude, like, big, like, warhammer as, like, a big rock on the end of, like, a stick kind yes. of thing, and just, like, smashing shit, and, like, you know, if you're playing, like, a little goblin dude, chances are he's gonna be bigger and beefier than you, so, like, there's, there's still, like, risk of that type of combat, but there's, like, yeah, if there were to be humans in this world, they would be a lot smaller than humans. Yeah. And there's a lot of threats in a lot of cases that are a lot bigger uh, or just more frightening yeah. than you. And it's you start to venture out too far. It's kind of like a well, okay, but like good luck here. You're venturing out into some risky territory because there's weird magic shit that's kind of like fucked up a lot of things and just made shit kind of weird. I like the idea of this world. It definitely, it definitely does, does sound, sound like a pretty, pretty interesting, <coughs> interesting world. Ooh. Yeah, I like it. 
I, I've been wanting to do more writing in it and start flushing it out more, and I, I think I'll try and start doing that more and figure out figure out a system. I I know there's other systems around, like the guys who did Blades in the Dark. I, I think Stu was referencing some of them last time or one of the other sessions they had recently. I, I should take a look and see what other ones they have, if there's maybe something a little more compatible with like a this type of like fantasy adventure type setting i know but... like they do have like one fantasy setting that's essentially like blazing dark but fantasy but it's more surrounded with the idea that you were like part of like a mercenary squadron hmm so, and I don't, yeah i don't know how you could probably take notes and stuff from what they did Anyway, but like, honestly, yeah. I had kind of a thought of a plot line that actually that would not be too <laughs> yeah. far off from actually. So yeah. you know, low key, and maybe I'll take a look at that because that might actually work out okay. I mean, I I also feel like I should maybe venture out and try something a little new rather than just sticking to yeah. what I know. But I also sure. really like it. It so. is a good system. It is a really good I, system. And, like, but and also I like I'm comfortable with it, so I know I could work with it yeah. in a way that like I would understand what I'm getting into maybe, but. We'll have to see. And I think you were mentioning like earlier, like how there's how different it is from like Dungeon Dragon and Pathfinder. In my mind, Dungeon Dragon and Pathfinder they're almost more like combat simulators. Yeah, like, they're a lot more focused on combat than like yeah. other elements. While Blades in the Dark is more, I think, role play. Exactly. The there, there's a lot to it. There, there's a lot of things that we do in that game that are not combat specific yeah. that are really interesting that we can play it with the skills that we have like there's the study and survey skills there's you know there's tinker there's there's all the there's like the three different ones for like what would normally fall under like a speech or like a that type of thing in a lot of games it's like you have consort sway and command so like when you're trying to be like aggressive like i'm gonna get you to do this it's not necessarily intimidation yeah. but it's being forceful and then there's the you know the buddy buddy approach and you know trying to be friendly with them but there's also the approach of just trying to be a smooth talker and kind of like convince them when the more maybe like political kind of thing right like it's it's interesting they have so much there for that i guess yeah no i think that's cool and then for magic it's just the one <laughs> everything magic yeah oh. <laughs> yeah well i mean that's it because the applicate magic and at least in our blades world yeah. that we have is not like there's it's not it's a, super crazy no, yeah and i think in terms very of very ghost into, oriented yeah, <laughs> in terms of like the manipulation of i say magic but yeah just like interacting with ghosts in that like world it's more i think in terms of the abilities you get in the different classes than the actual skill yeah that's definitely true and the, all the classes have interesting abilities and yeah. stuff too because that's the whole thing where you do the push yourself and that's some of that's another thing you can do with some of those too is well there's the skills that have a lot of different cases i guess i just i tend to relate it to that because i have the one that uh or the 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 one skill that the cutter has with the class that i play and it's the uh you push yourself and you either get to do one feat of like superhuman strength or you become like on the equal footing with like a small gang, <laughs> so you just you you like Hulk out basically. It's either you do one like really strong, like I I my character probably could like lift a car like if if I did it realistically, and it's, but it would just that one action. Or for like a certain like brief period of time, I could just be like. The, like this whole gang of dudes come up at me and I could just start beating yeah, your ass. You just and I, I, I could handle it. Because um, that's, that's, uh, that class is all about just being the big muscle of the gang kind of thing. So, um, 
<laughs> I will say we. I, I will. I will do you the mercy, uh, bees, of transitioning us into something you, you have oh, a little bit more to say on because I realize I've been talking for a long time <laughs> and you've been just sitting in the corner like, man, this is some shit. Yeah, this is, looks sounds cool. Well, no, it does sound cool. You, you just kind of like sound like you, yeah, just need like a game to like kind of use as like an engine for this like world. That yeah. that almost basically is it. It's just yeah. I need the the structure, the framework. The <laughs> Oh man, um, I was curious to know how's how's the Mash Watchman going? Ah, uh, pretty good. I'm on season eight now. Goodness, how many seasons are there? Eleven. Oh boy, oh yeah, it, there, it, it's a big show, and each season has like like close to twenty episodes oh, per boy. season. So, yeah, it's, it's a big show, but uh, I've been I've been loving it. Like it's just like something because like I I really enjoy like. Uh, watching something on TV, like, when I eat. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. Like, sometimes, like, I'll even have to, like, reheat my food, honestly, because I'll be sitting there, like, I actually need something to watch. Like, it's just, I'm scrolling there, like, I can't find anything. Oh, well, God. Oh, that's I found the, something. That's, like, the Fuck, worst. now my food's cold. Reheat. Yeah, <sighs> man. Like, uh, I, I don't I've know why. There. I just, I will sit there and, like, just scroll. It's like, I, on, just give me I, I feel you. Sometimes it's like that. You just, you don't know what, you know you want. It, it's that... God, that dilemma gets... It's not even just that. It's like there's so many places where it's like, you know you want something of like this kind of variety. Yeah. But then it's like, what specific thing? You got to make a choice. Exactly. I, I don't know. There's too many choices, right? <laughs> and then it just, it fucks you up. In the Dingle household, it's very simple. <laughs> Six o'clock, the news is on. The news. You're oh. watching the news. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, these days, that's like... <laughs> Fuck, man, I don't know. That's rough. That's some rough shit. You just become numb to it, man. You're just oh, like, oh, God. of course, of course. Oh, uh, yeah, more this, more awful bullshit. Of course, cool. yes. Thanks, guys. Yes, because I need uh, to know that the world is a terrible place. Uh, yeah. That's why I watch Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's why I've been watching Mass. Just yeah, finding a show that like has a lot of episodes per season and a lot. Of See, seasons. that's the thing because I realized that with DS Nine too because I was watching through and I was like getting close to the end of season one. I'm like, how many other seasons are there? I've never really looked at like yeah. how how much this is. I'm like, it's probably like four or five or something like that, right? And at most, I look it's like fucking uh, like nine oh, seasons. Yeah. Wow, seven or nine. So we're between. Seven Seven to nine seasons, I believe. I don't quite remember, but each season, season one is like nineteen episodes. Mm-hmm. Every season after that, twenty-five or twenty-six. Wow, that, yes. that's there's a lot to the show. Apparently, it's a little, <coughs> it's a little insane how like, uh, how like shows nowadays like the episodes are longer. But, like, there's just so few of them now. Well, actually, that's the thing with DS9, too. The, uh, the other thing, every episode's, like, 45 minutes yeah, well, long. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, like, it felt like shows, like, back in the day were just, like... E- yeah, even, like, not all shows were, like, Deep Space Nine were, like, all 45 minutes. Like, usually mm-hmm. half hour. It's but, true. Like, a lot, a lot of, shows... of shows now are, like, an hour long today. Yeah. yeah so. But, like, it just doesn't feel like there's a lot of episodes in each season. Whereas before, it was like, yeah, there's only it's only half-hour episodes. But I feel like there's just overall more content in this season than, like, newer seasons. Or no, newer TV shows nowadays. Yeah. That's, maybe that's just me. It, it's kind of like, I feel like in some ways there was kind of, like, a heyday of that format of television yeah. where they they were just making a long serialized show for a long time and 
I mean, Star Trek in particular, especially like that period of the '90s with like TNG, DS9, and uh, Voyager. I believe mm-hmm. mainly. I, th- I think some people. I know Enterprise, from what I hear, is a little <laughs> bit more. Some people like it. Some people aren't as into it. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know enough to know. I'm yeah. very, I'm very new to this <laughs> yes. series. Other than like what uh, our one friend back in college, back when yes. we knew him, he he was pretty into stuff like that. And he introduced me to some of this back then, which is part of why I was kind of interested to check out DS9 because I knew some about the setting. A lot cooler now that I've gotten into it though. Yeah. But th- those shows are particularly well known for like how well written they are. Like oh, yeah. The the only a lot of people like really like the original series Star Trek like the the old old Star Trek and they're like oh this is this is like the classic Star Trek but the only other series that like most people also point to as like uh, maybe this is like the the really like the true like best Star Trek is Next Generation usually yeah. so um, like is that I mean it's big part of what made like Patrick Stewart into like you know really big well-known actor outside of like his shakespearean in Mm -hmm. you know like stage play career stuff and and other things i mean like i think he had like some film acting career prior to that but that tng like did big it was a big deal for him put him on the map yeah it it, picard is Mm -hmm. is a a hugely famous character now Mm -hmm. right but you're you're not wrong though i I don't know in some ways i think it's good because this one thing that was talked about a lot with streaming, right, is that the creators can they they can make just the amount of show that they want to make. In some cases, yeah. that gets cut short with you know, especially like Netflix, like canceling a lot of shit. But yeah. in other cases too, you know, it, they're also not forced to like, you know, basically do like what Simpsons has to do, which is just keep itself limping along forever because <laughs> you know. Fox will never let it die because it yeah. still makes money. Yeah. Yeah. Because of all the nostalgia, basically. So at least, like, you don't have to deal with that either, necessarily. And they can make the episodes as long as they need to because they don't need to fit around, like, advertisements or other things like that. But yeah, it leads to some weird format stuff sometimes. And sometimes, a lot of cases now, almost some shows just almost feels just like a big long movie that they just want you to like because yeah. they expect you to just binge through it right yeah. but yeah that's not always how i like to consume stuff and i know other people too like to kind of space it out a little bit more right yeah uh i feel like for me i've just the whole very very long series i just cannot do anymore oh <laughs> yeah. Really? yeah like i know uh i assume you guys have heard, at least know of the show supernatural oh yes this is a show that i've tried to watch so many times and it's not that it's a bad show (laughs) it's just i'll watch like a few seasons and then be like i'm just so burnt out on this show i'm just so Uh, done and then i'll come back like a year or two later and be like i have no idea what the fuck happens in this show (laughs) so i go back to the first episode Uh, and i'm like oh god i'm repeating myself it's happening again oh god (laughs) i'll say that's part of i think ds9 i'm just like i i usually wouldn't go for like a big long show like that either but i after getting like i burned through season one faster than i burned (laughs) through like many other shows in a while and i am like 
I love it. It's yeah. such a good show, in my opinion. <laughs> like, all the characters are so well written. I've talked so much the last few weeks, folks. I, I haven't been doing a whole lot else or <laughs> the same fucking shit. So, because uh, I'm busy with other stuff. So, yeah, that can be the struggle, like holding a weekly podcast. It's like from week to week, sometimes you're just doing the same thing. Yeah. But you know what? It's it's fun time still hanging out with oh, you yeah, guys. It's a fun time. It's always a fun time getting together every week. Uh, shout out corner. Let's go. We're just jumping in. I'm just oh. fucking throwing down. Uh, what do you all have potentially for a recommendation? I'm definitely not trying to figure out mine right now. Um, well, I mean, I, I could go the easy way out and just say like new Minecraft updates out. Go play some Minecraft. I mean, to be fair, from from what from what (laughs) I heard today, you've that has been like your your fucking the reason for your season right now. That that is like my thing right now. Like it's it's finally out after long a long wait, and I'm loving it. Like the cave caves are beautiful now. There's different biomes. Like they've just expanded the entire world as well. Like I, I just love it. Oh man, it's so fun! <laughs> get on that Minecraft, yeah, get on y'all. Minecraft. Okay, uh, am I going next? What do you? What do you? I got think I've had go. this recommendation for months, ready to oh. go. When I next come on, I think I've messaged you like, next time I'm on, I got something. Oh god. my god, I remember that. That was like a long time ago. I kind of want to look on, on Discord to see when that message was. That was wild. Okay, yeah, so I got an odd recommendation. Oh, okay. But I'm going to establish some context first. Oh. <laughs> we got to set the stage. Set the stage, set the tone. So, do you guys know of the show Mythic Quest? I think I've heard the name, but I would not. Yeah, some of the name sounds vaguely yeah, familiar, so but I can't place. This is an Apple series uh, that features, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's, uh, Rob Mc. Elhenny and others. He's one of the stars on It's Always Sunny on in Philly. Okay. Okay. Wait. Who? What does he play? Uh, on the show. Oh, shit. Who does he play? God, I haven't watched that show myself. I just know about it. Uh, da 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 da. Where is it? Uh, it just says he. I've watched a few seasons of Always Sunny. Uh, so he's I... Mac. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. It's star. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And he's and, no, I'm just and he, he, the problem is now that you set that up. Now I'm just picturing like Mac from Always Sunny yeah. in a I fantasy mean, setting. And I mean, be... here's the thing: it's not a fantasy setting. Oh no! So uh, he he's one of the writers, but also he's like he's one of the main actors in the show. <laughs> and essentially, the show Mythic Quest that's on Apple is essentially about a video game design company. They have. They created the most popular MMORPG, Mythic Quest. Okay. And it's about them okay. releasing the new expansion for the game. Huh, interesting. And, and essentially, his character in particular is just like the crazy creative designer who's just kind of wacky. <laughs> <laughs> but in almost a douchey way. Oh, goodness. Oh, boy. Um, it's not a bad show, but I'm not here to recommend the sh- that show. The show. Oh. Oh, I'm here oh. to recommend one episode of the show. Oh, one episode. Okay. okay. So, I think it's episode five of the first season of the show. It's called A Dark, Quiet Death. Okay. And the sh- this episode has nothing to do with the rest of the show. Huh. There's no... You kind of get to this episode, and the continuation just stops, and it's its own independent story. 
Okay. Okay. And that's interesting. It's thirty minutes long, and I don't really want to spoil what it is since it's only like thirty minutes long. But it's essentially about like a couple who essentially get into video game design, and it's like their kind of journey into it together. And huh. the kind of the main themes about this episode is, I guess, the struggle between uh, how would I say this? I guess the creative aspects of video game design as it is like an art, and then the fact that it is a business nowadays. And yeah, it's that conflict yeah. of like compromise. Yeah, well, I mean, that's like a that that for me goes like so far even just beyond like the video game aspects. It's like the yeah. the art versus like the the creative aspect and the creative fulfillment of creating yes. of, of the creative process of art in in general and then also like using that to sustain you financially yeah. so you can like get by yeah that's cuz often the one requires yeah. compromises from the other and <laughs> it, that can be hard to manage man that yeah. sounds interesting actually no, it's why the sudden change? That seems so bizarre to me, though. That they were it is like, weird. Like, in the it's middle so of weird. Like, do those characters like come up in no. the other story? Like, is it just this one shot episode? That's like it's a just... one shot episode that has nothing to do with the rest of the series, other than they reference it like once or twice of the game that this couple creates. Essentially, huh? Interesting. It's like this, like ends up being like this cult classic kind of thing. Huh. Is this show kind of like kind of, kind of like an indie darling? That yeah, yes. yeah, I get what you mean. I can yeah. see what they're aiming for. Yeah. Hmm. and it's very well done. I know one of the main actress of the episode. Uh, I can't remember her name, but she is the mother in How You Met Your Mother. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Huh. Um, That's cool. Whether good and bad, there's good and bad reviews of the show in general. All the reviews say this is the best episode. This episode uh, is just awesome. <laughs> huh. Now, is this show kind of like a mockumentary or like? No, not really. I would say, I would say it's almost like community inspired, like a workplace okay. comedy, almost like The Office, but okay. with more antics from a show like Community. Okay. And I will say I it's not that. it's not a bad show in general, but if I had to recommend something, it would be that specific episode. That episode, yes. Damn. And you don't really hear that too often. A TV show making this like one episode that just has nothing to do with the rest of it of the <laughs> yeah. show, like, huh? But it's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, oh, what is that? Um. What? What's that? Um. Thing anime uh, shows do when they like uh, it has nothing to do with the story, but they just kind of like filler arcs. Not filler arcs, but like it has a certain word for it. The beach episode. Oh yes. <laughs> no, I think it's quite what you meant, but I'm just um, I'm demon. I can't uh, I can't think of it, but it's like uh, this. They just like kind of make this like it's just for the people who like they want more of the show, but it had just has nothing to do. It won't impact the overall story at all. I feel like this is filler. <laughs> It, I, oh, it, it, like that's what it is. But like, yeah. I swear it has like a certain name, a specific name. Do I can't you think of like fan dojins, like no, the, like fan comic manga things. No, I can't. I can't think of the term, but that's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, what is it? I just think of like the big like shonen and how they just have like filler arcs that don't push like any sort of yeah. narrative forward that just I'm, explores like the side characters that like basically is what it world. is but like it has a specific time <laughs> well while you try and sort that out and if you do find it feel free just to yeah, like okay. scream at it well yeah. don't scream it because we don't want to upset the neighbors <laughs> but feel free to call her out 
I'm going to recommend, so there's a YouTuber, an animator, well-known, uh, Ian Worthington, uh, goes by Worthy Kids, okay. uh, like W-R-O-R-T-H-I kids, all like one word, um, really, really good animator, does, had, does, had like done a lot of like 2D animations and stuff, uh, before, but has started to get more into like Blender and doing, um, like 3D animation yeah. stuff. And did a really cool because I think he had worked with um, this like voice acting studio uh, out of Japan to do like uh, like Japanese like uh, voice acting for something I forget what it was exactly before because I think there was something he worked on them with initially, but then did this other video as like an extra like he wanted to like work with them again on something so yeah. did this video called Captain Yajima which is basically this because uh, one of the things that he really likes to do with a lot of animations that he does in Blender now is sort of replicating, like, the Rankin-Bass style animation. Okay. Um, which, if you know what I'm talking about, is, like, the old, like, um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer yeah. animation yeah. every Christmas, like, that type of thing. That was Rankin-Bass, which was wild to read about historically, actually, because I, I was curious to learn more about it after seeing those animations uh, that Ian Worthington was doing. And... The whole history around that's bonkers because you had Rankin Bass based out of the U.S. who were managing this, but then it was all Canadian voice acting talent uh, for everything, but like the big star like narrators and stuff that they would have and, and that type of thing. Uh, it was all Canadian there, and then all the animation was basically outsourced out of studios in Japan. And one of the studios in particular they worked with for some of their animation, I believe they were one of the ones that did like 2D animation for them, I believe, actually basically went on to be the basis of Studio Ghibli. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Uh, it, it was wild to read about. I think it was Top Craft, if I remember correctly. But um, it's been a while, so definitely, definitely don't quote me. <laughs> not not like a historian, but just free interesting shit on Wikipedia, basically. But um, yeah, so... Interesting stuff with that. That all aside, though, replicates that style of animation yeah. super fucking well mm -hmm. for it. Like, it feels like it, it's like the actual like stop motion type of thing they would have been doing for that type of animation. Yeah. But it, it's all just in 3D and in Blender and shit. It looks super, super convincing. But it's basically this like, uh, <laughs> like serial, like as though like a mock episode of this like serialized adventures of Captain Yajima featuring Professor Genius, this big like, cause she's like this big, like this like red haired kind of like space adventure lady, like very like retro, kind of almost like retro anime type style. Yeah. And then like there's Professor Genius, who's this big like cartoony, like purplish kind of like caterpillar man alien with like a bow tie, and he's like big smart professor man uh thing and they're going on these adventures there's like the wicked zoga and it's uh, it, it's this big goofy kind of like play on like old shows that you stare in japan it kind of in a similar style too it has like almost kind of anime vibes it's all japanese voice acted which is super dope uh and uh it just it's fucking hilarious as well because it really doesn't take itself yeah. too seriously like the whole plot of the short just basically revolves around this guy who's going around kicking people and <laughs> how he's rude and they need to like bring him to justice <laughs> it's, 
absolutely check it out. Check out Ian Worthington's other animations. The uh, Big Top Burger series is fucking, it's primo. Check that out too. But definitely check out Captain Yajima. <laughs> Top shit. Strongly recommend. Pretty good. Absolutely. The only only the dankest from your from your man Bigby. <laughs> I don't want to say shit like that. Seeing Dingo just crack up. Yeah. It's it fuels me. Um, and it's fueled us right to the end of this episode. Yeah, this has been episode forty nine of Balcony Banter. Uh, thanks to our good buddy Zoo, Mr. Blackbird Bell, for the use of our intro and outro music or his music for our intro and outro. <laughs> Yeah, uh, definitely go check him out. He's on Spotify, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. And he's on Twitter. Yeah, and I'm on Twitter. On Twitter. Uh, we're on Twitter. At Balcony underscore Banter. I'm also on Twitter. At Big Me the Wizard. <laughs> got the order a little mixed up. It's all good. We are we got this. We're good. We still, we still made it in the end. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, tried to land before putting the, the landing gears <laughs> yeah, out. So and then I pulled her up a little bit. Got him out. All right, we're, we're good. Whoops. Uh... Thanks again to Dingo oh, yeah, for joining us again. this week. No, no problem, guys. I love it's, it here. Oh, man. All, all, all reliable. Yeah. Gotta love, yeah, love, epi- love a good Dingo episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, shit. I've been Big B. And I've been Beas. We'll see y'all next week, folks. See you later.